takes two with your host d and your hostess with the most is shayla um our episode today took a while to get to i won't uh name names or blame anybody but <laughs> those of you who've been listening you already know so yeah we're gonna touch on somewhat of a serious topic well i mean it is serious not somewhat but you know we'll always try to keep it light or we'll keep it us and That'll be whatever it is. We're going to touch on cancer. And we're touching on cancer because my buddy over here, my fabulous co-host, was diagnosed with cancer this summer as soon as we got back from our family vacation. So, I mean, what, we came back on a Tuesday? Oh, it wasn't that soon. Yeah, it was. We came back. We came back Tuesday and you were in the hospital Friday. We had to come back on Tuesday because the kids had a track meet that weekend Maybe. and Shaden was supposed to go to college. They went to the track meet Friday. You weren't feeling well. You went okay. to the hospital that I mean, night. Maybe. Not maybe. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So anyway, Shayla, would you like to give any more backstory? Is that good enough for you? you That's good enough. Discuss uh, the medical aspects of the situation or... Of what? I don't know, of cancer. Oh. You know, what so. we're talking about. with that. <laughs> what you mean what? I um tell people to get a checkup and then I, yeah. just let that be it. I honestly didn't feel like it was that serious for a few weeks. I had just stomach cramping, kind of like gas. Nothing serious. It wasn't causing me extreme pain. It just wasn't going away, and it just kept coming back. So, um, I decided maybe I needed like antibiotics. Maybe I needed like just something extra. So, I went in because it was just lingering. And then when I went to the ER, they said I had um, something called intussusception, which is kind of like where your intestines kind of move in together versus just flowing. And uh, so I was immediately admitted to the hospital. They tried a few things that didn't work. They did a colonoscopy and they found that the intussusception was caused by a tumor. So after the colonoscopy, they sent it for biopsy and said it was an angry, it looked angry. So I'm a nurse, immediately I felt like angry tumor means cancer. So I already had that in my mind, but it was sent off for biopsy. I went, I went to the ER on Friday, it was sent on Sunday after the colonoscopy. And then I was scheduled for surgery on Wednesday, which they thought I would, they would have the results back from the biopsy by then. Um, and then after the surgery, it was they didn't get the biopsy results until after the surgery, and they said it was cancer. Okay. Well, all that boring stuff aside, <laughs> um, long story short, Shayla has a lot of anger inside of her, and it manifested into cancer. <laughs> um, yeah. Very angry person. <laughs> If you know that, you know that's the truth. Um, what were your immediate thoughts when um, you found out? I think 
like before they officially said it was cancer, I had already made the assumption that it was. I mean, and it was a little scary. Like I'm thinking I was going to get in the hospital and go to the ER and just be discharged with some antibiotics and then end up having to stay longer than I've ever stayed in the hospital for anything and had, you know, a serious surgery. So, um, my, it was scary. Like my initial thoughts were, man, like, like what happens if, if, if they can't get it all in surgery? What happens if I wake up in sur- after surgery and have a, um, colostomy bag? You know, what happens if it comes back or if it's somewhere else? Or, I mean, there's just like so many thoughts, you know, like telling the kids, hoping that the kids aren't like terrified and seeing how they approached it. What were your thoughts? First, let me point out that Shayla's thoughts at no point in time involved me at all. (laughs) Shayla talked about how she felt. She talked about how the kids were going to feel. She talked about inconvenience. At no point in time did she say, I was really worried about my husband and how he was going to handle the situation if he was going to be okay. And I just want to put that out The only reason why I didn't mention it because D is a rock and everybody knows that. And I mean, I knew that like if nothing else, like I could depend on him to make sure that everything went smooth. However, through the whole thing, I definitely asked D, how's he doing? How are you feeling? And he was just like, I'm good. It's good. Everything's good. But I already knew like D was going to be like the rock of everything. Sure. Way to clean that up, buddy. Shut up. Um, I'll say, um, how did I feel? Um, I don't necessarily feel like I was worried. Like, in all situations, when Kingston got run over by the car, like this, any, like, tough situations, I kind of, uh, just, I feel like God's got us, um, and then that's just that. Like, it's gonna be inconvenient, it's going to suck, there's gonna be some things, but God's got us, we'll get through it. There's a, there's a plan that's bigger than my thought process, uh, can fathom, so I try to focus in those moments just on what I can control. And it's a hard thing. Like, it's something I try to do in life, but I don't necessarily do well with it. I do, I think I handle those, like, those type of situations, tragedy or whatever you want to call it. I handle those better than I handle just day-to-day life. Because day-to-day, like, I'm always thinking about what I need to do next, what what needs to be done for down the road, five years from now, like, four days from now, like, whatever. Um... But in those moments, I just compartmentalize and say, okay, this is what we got to do. I was worried about the kids. I think I tried to consistently just check in on them and see how they were handling it. Like, I spent a lot of time just watching them in the hospital to see how they were handling the situation. Um, It's funny, our oldest, uh, he's a pretty straight-faced guy and tries to keep his emotions on the inside. Even though you can kind of tell, but he's still, he's always like the same face. <laughs> and apparently he thought you were going to die. Like, <laughs> so he recently got a tattoo, um, which is funny because he went and got the same tattoo I have. But it symbolized uh, just death. Anybody who's into uh, Egyptian culture or whatever knows Anubis. And he's like the god of the underworld or whatever. And... I got it when someone passed. Well, I got I got it younger when a lot of people were dying, and he got it because I guess he thought you you were gonna die, even though he got it 
three months later and you weren't dead but whatever i, I think in kids mind real. cancer means death like cancer equals a death sentence no that makes sense i think it, what's funny is our youngest son is a lot more just i don't know he's he's, he's just me so in those situations he wants to know the straight facts but he's still a very emotional human being but in that situation it's just well, what is cancer and what does it mean? And so with him, we had to sit down and like Google and go through it and talk about it and talk about the stages. And he wanted to understand what each stage meant and what the like outcome could be for different stages and like all different type of cancers. And he wanted like to know facts. And then he went back and told like <laughs> his sisters like, well, this is what this is. And mommy could die if it's stage four. And well, if it's just stage one, then it's probably going to be okay and blah, 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 blah. Um, how he really felt in the situation. I think I think the only time the kids really, really seemed concerned was when you first came back from surgery. And I don't know if it was just the level of pain or the severity of the situation or everything was getting to you or the meds or whatever, but like you just wouldn't stop crying. And so like they were all really upset. And it was funny because when um when your dad went to <laughs> your mom was trying to get your dad to take the younger kids to the cafeteria so they wouldn't see <laughs> but Shaden like jump up and, like he left because he didn't want to get emotional mm -hmm. I think the other ones are kind of just like I think the youngest two just don't fully get it mm -hmm. um the the middle two our oldest daughter and our youngest son they more so I think kind of try to play off of me and if I'm playing strong then they feel like they need to be too and I think me too. Like, I think the whole time I wasn't outside of that instance. And I have no idea because the crazy thing is I honestly didn't start crying until I saw you. Like, I was, like, in the room. I was, ended up being, like, in extreme pain. But then you walked through the door and all of a sudden I, like, could not stop crying. And I saw the kids come in too and I wanted to stop. And I, I, th I don't know if it was, like, yeah, me still come in out of, like, all the meds. But I just couldn't stop. Like, in my mind, I knew I wanted to stop crying. But it was just, like... I could not stop crying. Like, it was just, like, like overwhelming emotions of, I don't know. But it wasn't until you walked through the door. Like, when it was just my parents, it was fine. And then I'm in the bed, and you walk in, and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that one moment was the only moment that was, uh, I guess, emotional. I know that the first night... <laughs> Our youngest daughter was really upset because she thought you were coming home. And that was like the very first night. <laughs> she was like, oh, we're going to go. Everybody, like, you know, I tried to talk to him. I tried to brief him, explain to him what was going on. Okay, mommy's in the hospital. She's going to be there for a while. We're going to go. And, you know, she's five. So we get there and then it's like, all right, it's one o'clock in the morning. We're going to take off. And it's like, all right, mommy, let's go. And you're like, no, mommy's staying here. And so then she like wanted to cry a little bit there but I mean a big part of that is just being tired she doesn't handle her emotions well when she's tired but I mean how many of us really do and I've never been like away from them like that that long I mean all the other kids at some point I had a kid in there so I was gone having a kid for like a day she, but yeah, I was all come back yeah she never had to experience me like outside of working overnight me being gone for a, like a long period of time where she couldn't just see me and say, hey, mommy, what's going on? Or Yeah, but they're kind of like that, too. Like, every day they ask, oh, does mommy have to work? Oh, do you have to work? Like, they want us both home all day long, mm -hmm. every day. 
even though it really doesn't matter. Like, they just want us to be here while they're sleeping. Like, it doesn't make much sense. Um, how did you approach the situation with the kids? Like, what did you talk with them? Because when I was actually at work when you went to the hospital. Uh-huh. And, uh... It was a cluster of a day. Like, yeah, I went, went from to... from a track meet yeah. to home to, like, I think I'm going to run up to the... Like the little standalone ER yeah. real quick to see what they say, and you end up being there all night, and then call. Well, I wasn't there all night. It was weird. It was because I like I was like, okay, check me. Let me make sure all their stuff's together. All right, I put them to bed. Shaden wanted to stay or uh, go to somebody's house, James' house. So I was like, okay, you can go. And then I figured I'd be there. I don't know, tops an hour, and then I'd get discharged. Because I still had other stuff to do because they had a, that was a three-day track meet, I think, two or three-day track meet. So they had a track meet in the morning. So I was like, you know what, let me go. It's like 11.30 at night. So I go thinking, oh, okay, it's going to be quick. And it was quick by the, you know, the game. I was there like 45 minutes after, then I got all the results. And then when they, she told me and she said I had to get admitted, I was like, oh, shit, what? Like, I, I wasn't mentally, I wasn't prepared for this. And I was thinking, gosh, like. Well, one, I have, like, a new understanding for patients who have that same exact feeling when it happens since I work in the ER. But, two, I was like, okay, let me call D, let me text D, let me text Shaden. Shaden's going to have to find a ride here because he's going to have to pick up the car. And then he's going to have to take the car home. And then I felt horrible because at this point it's, like, midnight. And I said, (laughs) he's going to take the car home and then make sure the kids are up. And they're 45 minutes away and they get there by 7 a.m. So on top of, there was stuff that I had already, like I put their clothes in the washing machine to wash right when I was going out the door for their track meet. So I had to like, okay, put the clothes in the dryer, do this, do that, wake them up at this time, get all the way across town so that they can make it to this track meet. And then I'm like, so, and, and I could see when he came, I could see that he was kind of scared because he was like, why, why do you have to go to the hospital? Like. What is this? Like, this doesn't happen. Like, you know, we're not, like, sickly people who are in and out of the hospital where they have, like, that understanding that, like, mom's sick now. Like, I don't, I don't, like, have to go to the ER for myself. I don't have to go to the hospital. So, I think that kind of, like, scared him that day. And I really didn't have many answers for him. I explained to him what was going on at that point. But, um, I think, um, just that initial, like, oh, shit. (laughs) was was really kind of hectic for that first day and then you being at work um and then just i mean i was in the hospital nine days so that was a very long time for a lot of just sitting and waiting for the results and having time to think well my part was i think for me like in those situations and i don't know maybe it's why i'm a good um I enjoy my job, but I'm good at being a firefighter. Like, the situations um, don't... I think if you just handle the situation, like, it is what it is, this is what it's going to be, let's figure out how we get through this. So, I think my first concern was, okay, well, she's getting admitted. Well, my first concern was what's, you know, what's going on. So then when you got the results, it's like, okay, well, that's weird. Um, You have, like, a little kid or, like, an old people. Well, it's just little kids. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, you are immature. Um, (laughs) So you have an angry child inside of you. (laughs) 
that is cause it was causing issues. So trying to figure that out, and I mean, initially too, I thought like, oh well, whatever. Shayla's always have a, a really weird digestive system because she eats like crap. I don't eat like crap. My, so my initial thought was, <laughs> Shayla should probably start listening to me and eat better, and then her life would be so much better. But if Shayla listened to me more, her life would be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. As would everybody's. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then when it was like, okay, there was, it's this, and they're going to try to fix it, and then it's going to get admitted. So then it's like, okay, well, trying to figure out logistics. So, I mean, with, with five kids who all play multiple sports and do different things and have extracurricular activities logistics is always like the main thing so it was do i need to leave right now and come home and our oldest son was truly a godsend and i think it's hilarious because he wanted to drive so bad he wanted <laughs> to get his license he did so bad so he long. wanted a car so bad and i wouldn't let him get one and i held it off and I, t I would always tell them, like, it's, you think it's going to be all fun. Like, you're at that point in your life where you just want independence. You just want to be away from us. You just want to be able to do things yourself. And you think this is the path to that. But there's so much responsibility comes with it. And I think he started driving and then got a car. And then it, was, it turned into, okay, well, now you take this person to practice. Mm -hmm. And now you take that person to practice. And it wasn't so bad at first because he's taking them to training sessions that he's also training. So him and his younger brother and sister were all training together. So he was going to be there anyway. And then he's bringing them home. Or it's, I got to go to work, so I need you to pick up the kids from school or something. And those are quick little things. But this one was, like, totally different. So, like, he had to get them up, do two girls' hair, uh, get them fed, get them to a track meet. Like Shayla said, that's probably 40 to 40 minutes 45 depending on traffic across town they have to be there by 7 a.m after not getting home till like right. one and at me having a list of stuff that i had saved for myself to do and then from there he had to he had to get them there then come to my job switch cars with me but then from there he was free to go about his day and do whatever he wants uh and I showed up, and the girl's hair looked good, and I was like, who did y'all's hair? Like, I assumed that my oldest daughter did it, and they were like, nope, our Shaden did it. And I was like, so he's set to have daughters. Like, he's good. He can do hair. Do and hair he well. was early. He was early. Well, he's my, he's, that's the me and him. <laughs> he like, was, he's my child. He was early after all of that, so he did a really good Because I've, I've taught him well. <laughs> um... In spite of you. Whatever. So. I think it was because of me that he's early. Because, because you ruined his because life they, so much being late all the time. Because they don't like to be late. So. so, I mean, I think from there, like, the kids had questions and, like, well, what's where's mommy and this, that, and the third and what's going on. But I think they were still in an environment with their friends and their teammates and, you know, playing and having fun that it, like, didn't hit. So then from the track meet, we come uh, to the hospital and... I think they still didn't fully get it. Like, Shayla had some discomfort, but, I mean, we spent the entire nine days in the hospital watching Naked and Afraid. Like, for some reason, there was, like, a Naked and Afraid marathon yeah, on. For and like, we watched it. And hours we watched and every hours. single episode of Naked and Afraid. And, you know, the kids were just chilling. Um, Probably because we don't have cable at home, too, so... That is it. So they were like, deep. let's let's turn it. I mean, they ended up in the bed. I'm in the chair. But that's, like, hospital living. So it's literally just... Go get fast food, 
watch TV, play on phones or or tablets or whatever. Like we're in the hospital all day long. We leave to go to practice or a game or a track meet, and then we're back in the hospital till one two in the morning, and we go home. And it was good that it was the summer, so nobody had school. So that was good Indeed. that we didn't have to add going to school into that mix. But I mean, handling for me, I don't, I'm not really one to mince words or shield kids. Like, I think I tell them something that I feel is age appropriate. By age appropriate, I just mean like, I'm not going to sit here and tell our five year old, like, stage four this and like give her all these big fancy medical terms. Not that I know them anyway. Like, <laughs> That's Shayla's department, but I tell them, mommy has this, this is what's going on, this is what's going to happen. I keep them aware of everything. I really didn't keep anything from them. Even like when Shayla got back from surgery and we were there and her mom was really trying to get the kids out of the room because she didn't want them to see her upset. Like, I mean, it's part of it. It is what it is. Like, we'll handle it. Like, to me, we're better off all here as a family together being solid than... Y'all go somewhere else because, I don't know, I feel like if I had to leave the room and didn't know what was going on, I'd be more stressed out than if I'm right there and I understand and we can discuss it or whatever. I just like communication. That's just me. I think even seeing your mom in pain, seeing your mom crying, like, you can't, you know, like, it's like your mom fixes your boo-boos and when you're upset, your mom fixes it. So, like, when it's her and she's crying and you, it's, like, overwhelming for a kid because you're, like... Well, how, I don't know how to fix, like, this isn't, like, somehow the, the, it's changed, you know, like, somehow now I'm wondering how I could fix this when I've never had to do that. So I think it's good to, at least, because I didn't honestly know why I was crying. I mean, I was in a whole lot of pain, you know, I was just, my mind, I was just coming out of, like, I had just left, um, from, like, you know, post-op, so there was just a lot with medication and emotions and, you know, like knowing for sure that the diagnosis was cancer. Like there was just a lot, you know, of unknowns at that point as well. So, but I think that's a great opportunity. Like it's a, it's a teaching moment. Like that's a great opportunity to approach, to discuss death, which turned into something crazy. Cause then like over the last, what, four or five months? Like, everybody's dying. Like, everybody's having life-altering <laughs> surgeries or dying and everything like that. So, I think that um, opened the door for the discussion to talk about other deaths. And, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about emotions. Talk about feelings. Like, you don't have to hide it. And you can, you can express your emotions and then we'll address it and then we'll move on and, you know, whatever. How do you feel this affected your parenting and family dynamic? I mean, I think, um, like, I think I was truly blessed, like, absolutely blessed for how the situation played out. Like, I found, like, you know, I had this crazy diagnosis that only babies normally have, and then they ended up finding I had cancer. It was stage one. They removed everything. Three months post-op, I feel better than I did before. Because Dee told you to go to the hospital. And, um... Dee saved your life. Whatever. I feel better than I felt before. So, I think, just in all, it it was, like, best-case scenario. Like, absolute best-case scenario. I mean, I could have 
I couldn't have had this interception and in 10, 15 years, I could have had cancer everywhere, you know? So like some, for some reason I'm blessed and it's funny cause I actually feel like, like why, you know, like there's other people that have cancer and there's other people that, you know, you find stuff and then like, it's just worse off. So then I like one day randomly driving the kids to school, Kingston and Bella, I was like, man, do you ever feel like. Like, what's your purpose in life? A deep conversation for a, you know, 10-minute drive to school. Um, so, but I told them, I said, do you ever think of, like, man, what's your purpose in life? Like, I had like I had this crazy surgery and they found cancer and it was fine and it could have been so much worse. Like, why, why me? Why was this found in me so early? And, you know, like, like why was I so blessed to have the situation play out like, how it was just like Kingston I'm like Kingston you got run over by a car like a whole car ran over your little body like gosh if you ever think man what what is my purpose like legit like why why me why did why did I not have any lasting effects from this why did God choose to like spare me like have this happen but spare me anything so I think mainly like I feel like gosh you know like be great (laughs) <laughs> like, like there's something about, like, just everything. Like, this family. So, God spared you to be great? Shut up. How are you being great? Um, I think there's something about this family that, like, we're meant to do something. And I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's, like, just to be, like, helpful with other people. Like, I think, um, I, I mean, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I don't know. You know, like, I think Thank bad stuff happens to good people all the time. Think you might want to look into that? Should or you're waiting for, for it to hit no, you? No, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like I live I live my life and I hope that I can, like, make a difference in other people's, difference in other people's life. Whether it's when I'm in the ER, like, you know, and I'm, I'm helping patients or I'm helping, like, my peers at work. Like, I try to make sure that I'm, like, there for people. Or helping your husband at home. Yes. Helping my husband at home. So you're saying it changed your family dynamic by just... I think it just... It kind of like... Like awakens you up to things like... Man, you know, life could be short. So now you're living with a purpose? Or you're living more purposeful? Yes, we could say that. And I try to like... Talk with the children about that. Especially like... People like Kingston. Who something bad also happened. And somehow he came back from it. Just, and then, I mean, just everything, like, living with a purpose, having a good attitude, like, being cognizant of how you treat other people, like, kind of that whole thing. Like, there's a reason, and I don't know why, but, like, just live your life like you're here for a reason. Um, that's a very, uh, insightful answer. I think, just to be more, uh, grounded... a more grounded response to how it changed uh, our family dynamic I think parenting wise um, I don't don't know if it's so much changed and I mean this is kind of bleeding to the next one Um, my approach to parenting and parenting like I try to be um, I try to live more in the moment I try I fail but I try I try to be more understanding. I try to be more grateful for the here and now. Let the past go because that's the past and the future might not come. So right now. And I try. And I know a lot of my uh, frustration in life is based around what I want to happen next. And 
how what's happening right now is counterproductive to what I want to happen next. So I try, and I, I'm laying heavy on emphasis on try because, like I said, I fail a lot. But I'm cognizant of it more so than I was before. I'll say our family dynamic grew. Um, the SAF family, finest, future, like, they just took care of us. They did. They, 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 they did amazing things. They started, shout out to Mariah and, and Alba and Cody and Ray. And like, they put together a, a mill, like a mill train, a, a mill train. Okay. There you go. Good word. Um, and I mean, we had more food than we could eat. Like, like somebody brought meals for us, lunch, dinner every day. It was like, amazing. They met. They would meet me wherever I was at. So if I'm like, oh, I'm at the hospital right now. Some people came to the hospital. Some mm-hmm. people meet me at a gas station. If I'm saying, oh, I'm in the neighborhood, like I'm at home right now. People would drive across town and meet me at home. People would, if I'm, I'm at practice right now. People would, li- people literally came into practice and just left food in the bleachers while I was coaching, so the kids could eat. Uh, well, I mean, so we all could eat. <laughs> Um, and I, I have like a different diet than everybody else. Cause I only eat, I eat mostly vegetarian, but I'll eat fish and people made allowances for that. And they did everything they can. They ordered us food. It got to the point where it was like, look, like let's go only dinner. Like we're just, we have <laughs> we too much, so food. much, we have food. so much food. We're, 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 we stocked the hospital refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> we stocked our refrigerator at home. It was just so, I mean, people would meet. My oldest son, well, I'm at work and Shayla's at the hospital and the kids are here. Okay, my oldest son is home. They would meet him. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. People came to the hospital. Marissa, who works at the hospital, came by. Shayla's friends from work. Mm -hmm. Like, just our family grew. Our family grew. And I'm an only child and I'm a bit of a loner. And I'm, I'm extremely loyal, but I'm extremely aloof and standoffish to most people and I'm not really one to ever ask for help and just from being a firefighter like I I will help anybody good bad people say horrible things people have people have done horrible things and I still help them like I'll risk my life to save somebody I don't know never met probably don't even like uh I just never had this much outpouring of that same energy uh, back at me. And that was moving. Uh, it's definitely moving. Like, just knowing that... Like, honestly, like, the, the saying it takes a village, like, we're a two-parent household. Like, and honestly, like, it legit takes a village. Like, yeah, we have five kids, and that's more than most people, but gosh, like, it literally takes a village. So when I was out for nine days... And I couldn't do anything, and D was here, and I mean, man, Shaden, Shaden definitely, uh, like picked up the slack too. But man, our like, like literally, like all the families and the people that we've met through basketball have literally become family. Like it was, it was just amazing to see. I mean, like people we've known for years through basketball, people we've known for a short time. Everybody just like came out, and even me being in the hospital, not being able to eat, it was just like so like I just had such a warm feeling knowing that like gosh you know what these people are taking care of my family so in the event anything happened to me don't fake that whole like I'm in the hospital well I'm not saying you're faking I'll say (laughs) even though I was in the hospital and you you said 
I couldn't eat. Even I though I was in the hospital and I couldn't eat, I had this warm feeling. Yeah. You were mean as hell. Like, you wouldn't let us eat in the room. I couldn't like, eat <laughs> for days. And you're going to eat in front of me? Oh, no. After, like, the don't, fourth day. Don't eat out in the hallway. After like, the, I didn't want to smell food. But after the fourth day of no eating, then I was like, it don't even matter now. Like, I'm not even. Sarah nothing. had warm feelings to other people, but was mean to us. And I wasn't mean to, to them. her presence. I just told them, don't bring food, because that's mean. Like, I had cancer, and now I can't eat. And I had cancer. <laughs> Sailor's literally excuse for bring, everything. And you're for the rest bringing of me food, like, and you're bringing in food I can't eat. So, anyway, after like the fourth day of no eating, I was like, whatever, you can bring whatever you want. I don't even care. Like, they had, like, wings and pizza, and I was, like, gave some to the nurses, and I didn't even care because my body was like, forget it, I don't need food. But just knowing that everyone else, I mean, it was really, like, it was, it was amazing. Like, it was beyond, like, I can't even repay everyone for, like, that time. Even when I came back from the hospital, like, I, I mean, we were still getting food, and it helped so much with not having the stress of having to try to get to the store or try to, like, See if Shaden could cook something because I couldn't stand very long. Like it was like absolutely amazing and um, very heartwarming, and we like appreciate it more than we could probably express to anyone. Like it was such an amazing feeling to to find that like how like Dee said like how big our family actually was. Like you know our immediate family is our immediate family, but knowing like when we were going through something, like man, we had like so many other people that like are absolutely family to us. I will say that whenever Shayla's down and out, because there's this time, there was when you broke your knee because <laughs> you're klutz. Um, it's easier to parent. It's easier, <laughs> it's, it's easier to parent when Shayla's out of commission and doesn't try to parent. Uh, our kids know my schedule. So... There's the day I work, and that's just a free-for-all day. <laughs> There's my first day back, and that's, uh, like, reintroduction to the way society that's, should work. That's daddy's an asshole day. That's reintroduction <laughs> to the way society works because it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mirror. So if they're being little assholes, like, I'll match their energy. And then there's the third day, my second day home from work. That day usually runs smooth. And then we back to the cycle of I'm going to work and it's a free-for-all because they're home with Shayla. Uh, so once this, they know it's daddy 100% of the time, they tend to get their shit together. Um, and things run smoothly. Things, <laughs> things always run smoothly. More smoothly when Shayla's not here. <laughs> like the spring break when we flew, we got stuck in airports. We tried to fly back to Virginia for a spring break. Me, five kids by myself. Shayla had to work, so she was flying in two days later. We got stuck in the airport in Atlanta. We missed a couple flights here. We got stuck in the airport in Atlanta. We had to rent a car and drive to Virginia. We were in Virginia for two days before Shayla showed up. Such a smooth like <laughs> transition. Whatever. And then it Shayla was smooth and when then, I came in. You shut up. Okay. We had we we'll discuss that another time. Um. So Shayla's positive. So Shayla's positive takeaways are big family, and Shayla had a built-in excuse for the re for the next six months of I had cancer. <laughs> so if Shayla forgot to do something, like leave me alone, I had cancer. If Shayla didn't feel like taking the kids to the gym, like I had cancer. <laughs> I, didn't know. I didn't use it that much. Shayla, no. I, I wish I wish the kids weren't in school right now. 
Shut up. I'm, like, I you're like, shut up. I had cancer. You're about to say it right there. <laughs> no. And I hate, I hate to be like, you know, joking because honestly, like, there was no re. I had genetic testing. There was, I just had cancer. Like, maybe it was like diet. Oh, no, there was like, definitely reason. Environmental. Definitely diet and definitely yes. environmental. However, I'm just saying, like, so I had it. There's, so I could have it again. It can pop up somewhere. Like, I do have follow up. So I hate to be so, like, laissez faire about it. But I think, like, having it and having like being so blessed that it was like caught early and now we know okay i'll be monitored like if if something like this happens again hopefully we catch it early like i just i feel like the kids were so stressed that now i'm like i it's they kind of laugh about it so i hope that in the event hopefully it doesn't happen but if it happens later on like you know i think hopefully we can like look at it and and be able to just power through with them knowing, like, you know, it could just be like it was last time. It could be, you know, but I hate to sometimes, you know, because some people get cancer and it's horrible and they have to do chemo and I, I don't want to be like, okay, we're laughing and joking about cancer because it's like terrifying and just hearing the words is like terrifying. But I feel like, yeah, like somehow I was extremely blessed and God looked out for me. I mean, I think that Obviously, you're blessed, but I think that one, you have to find the positive in a negative situation. Otherwise, you're just in the dark. Like, if you're in the dark, you're searching for light. So, in those moments, you have to find something positive. Like, if we spent basically two weeks of our life just actually dealing with like actually in the in the depths of dealing with the cancer or your cancer diagnosis not the count the you know month later of you trying to get back on your feet and get back and getting back to work and everything like that if we just spent that like sad and distraught like that's jarring and that's really scarring lifelong like mm. so i mean make light of the situation like have a good time and i think that's that's the thing about life. Like, you have to try to just live in the moment and find happiness. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I do that all the time. But, yeah, you definitely... Uh, I'm, I'm your happy. I'm your happy person. I don't know if that's what, what? I want to say. Yes. Y- you're a happy person. <laughs> I hope you're my happy person. Whatever. Because like, you're a grouch sometimes. And I can't break through into that. And I that. wonder if that has anything to do with you. I think that's uh, genetics. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be. That might be. That's, that might be. Because the people that know me, I'm a happy person. How many people those that know you live with you? My sister, my mom, my dad lives with me lives longer with than you? you have lived. I lived with them for for a long time. Shayla, you graduated high school at 17 and went to college. So for 17 years, they lived with me. Shayla, I've known you for 20 years. You've never known me for 20 years. Okay, Shayla. I know you're bad with math and your memory's a little off. We'll discuss that later. 20 years was when I was 17. I didn't know you when I graduated high school. When I was... Okay, Shayla. Anyway. Shayla, what year did we meet? 2000. What year is this? I know 2019. You didn't live with me for that long. You know what? There's no point in arguing about this. Anyway, my next point is that... I'm happy in spite of D. Right. <laughs> and, I, and 
and I'm sad because of Shayla. <laughs> so, you know, yin and yang, right? Anyway, like, I think as far as the cancer goes, like, you, like, pay attention to diet. Pay attention to these products, like, that you're spraying, that you're using on your floor and all that. Pay attention to diet. Pay attention to your environment. Pay attention to all those things. Like, that shit matters. Um, pay attention to your body. Your body tells you stuff. Like, like my pain... You think, man, it's cancer. I didn't have, I didn't have like horrible pain. It was like a three or four. It was like if you have to fart because you have gas and it's in and there. And it was you're always like, gassy. Shut up. So <laughs> it wasn't like extreme pain. It wasn't something that I'm like, oh my god, I must go to the ER. I went honestly because we have like really great insurance, and I figured I need you're antibiotics, welcome. and it was, sh- it was, and it was gonna be a short amount of time. I, you know what? Let me hurry up and go. Let me come back. It was nothing that I felt like was going to be super serious. So just pay attention to some of the little stuff that's nagging you. Like, oh, I've had this pain for a while. I've taken meds. It hasn't gone away. Oh, I have this, like, issue with my digestion. Like, you have blood in your stool. I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, after, like, 40, 45, you should be getting colonoscopies anyway. From My oncologist told me that cancers between the ages of 20 and, like, 35 has have increased 124%. It still makes like up less than 10% of like colon cancers, but it's still like that much. So you think it's probably, I mean, it's probably diet, diet and environmental, but like I had cramping and my cramping had nothing to do with my cancer. It was the intussusception. But if you have stuff going on, like, like go, if you still, if you have some nagging feeling, like ask for a colonoscopy, even if you're young, like my cancer wasn't found in a CT. It was found with a colonoscopy. So it's just very important to listen to your body, whether it's in your breasts, whether it's in your stomach, whether your head, like anywhere. If you have something where you're like, man, something's up, something's going on, like you be your own advocate. You say like, no, like let's figure this out. I'm having this stomach issue. You have CTs, you have other tests, like get a colonoscopy. Shoot, you could send your poop off. It's not like 100%, but you know, at least you can get something back. Just like it's really important to listen to your body and anything that it tells you because if it's something out of whack, no matter how small, it could be something very serious. Get good insurance. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I mean, that's easier said than done, but life insurance, cancer insurance, because I'm a firefighter, like I have, and we have a crazy high rate of developing cancer. Is it developing? Is that how you say it? Yeah. So true. developing cancer, like, 20 times higher than every other like profession or person in the world I have cancer insurance and I got cancer insurance that for whatever reason covered our entire family so that really helped out a lot um, with Shayla being the one to get it and change your diet and try your best to fix your environment do yes. research okay let's get to these questions Shayla yeah let's get to them how do you handle teaching kids to read <laughs> Okay. Shayla's laughing because she doesn't. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, no, I'm going to answer. Help. Be quiet. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah. The answer I, is I married me. So, okay. Two things. One, most of their teachers were amazing. And my husband. Because, amazing, so one, so. I'm not built to be a teacher. Especially, I couldn't homeschool my kids. So, the teachers were amazing. They would come. D is absolutely amazing. So, D probably did um, outside of the teacher in D, like I did like 10%. So they did like 90. 
Um, honestly, even with D, like there's some yelling happening. You know, it's frustrating to teach a kid to read. When you read the same word in one sentence four times and the last time they're looking at you like they've never seen the word again and you're like, it's party. You just read party. So there's a lot of yelling. Sometimes you have to step away. You have to woosaw. Um, but it's like repetition. It really is like a lot of repetition. Like D's really good. Make sight words for, for the kids like it's it's all about repetition like a lot of times learning to pronounce the words is hard kind of recognizing them with sight words is easier um but it's a lot of repetition so um i'm just very thankful that god has also blessed me with d so um that has um helped tremendously so i'm gonna give it to d because he's (laughs) i mean i'll answer your question a little better I mean, like Shayla said, it's, it's repetition. So literally letters over and over and over again. Then letter sounds over and over again. Then blended sounds over and over again. Sight words over and over again. Um, but I think what's possibly even more important than that is the learning environment. Uh, <laughs> we tend to not make the most comfortable learning environment in our house because... Uh, I'm not the most patient person, and Shayla is, like, way less patient than me. Yes, yes. Um, The difference between us is that I'm not patient, but I'm persistent. So, I'm going to refuse to give up, but (laughs) there's going to be some yelling, possibly. (laughs) But I'm just not going to quit. And I think Shayla hit it on the nail on the head by saying, walk away from the situation. I do have to do that sometimes. I have to know when to give them the answer, when to just be quiet when to force their hand uh and that's something i'm learning the the environment part of it the learning environment that's where the teachers come in because the teachers seem to be like they've had amazing teachers and the teachers don't apply a lot of uh pressure to the learning it's just they they create an environment in school where the kids really enjoy and get excited about reading and learning and just me supplementing that really really helps and I think a big thing with reading is just kids in general they do what they see and with that um our youngest son and our oldest daughter when they try to teach their their younger cousins or their younger sisters to read they get really frustrated Mm -hmm. and so I have to sit them down and talk to them like you are taking away the yelling part at the end, but you're forgetting all the like niceness. Like you're going for the for the the outlier in the bell curve instead of like the ninety percent of it. That's just time and patience. Uh, but we read, we read a lot. Like Shayla said before, we don't have cable, so we don't have cable in our house. So we don't watch a lot of TV. We don't allow video games on weekdays. So it's just a lot of reading. Shayla and our our youngest son right now are competing in some weird old book series. Uh, our oldest daughter and I and I tend to like books that are more similar. So we just do a lot of reading. We, there's books everywhere. We're consistently reading. There's books in the car. There's bookshelves. We have books in our room. Like I might be reading three different books at the same time, but they constantly see reading. They constantly want to read. They constantly want somebody to read a book to them. So that just promotes it. And they get frustrated when they can't read, so then they want to learn to read quicker so they can also. 
And then it's just like reading signs, reading the store, like just that. They love to do that. But putting stuff they normally like see, like, you know, like um we have we have some stuff around. H E B stop signs, like all that yeah. type of stuff. But the most important things are repetition, sight words, and make it fun. Make figure out how to make games like when we were trying to teach our youngest the alphabet, like sometimes just pointing at the letter and hurt like was a struggle. So sometimes I would write on the board three different letters and say, which one I'd write A, B, C, like which one is B? So that makes it easier for her than to think. And so she could circle that. The ABC uh, song is absolute bullshit, though. Yeah, they that LMNOP is one letter and that just totally doesn't I, like that is <laughs> man when I tell you when that when your kids are learning you slow that down right then like you say you let them say it but you slow it down in LMNOP so they realize that it's, it's four letters yes oh, it's five <laughs> letters L-M-N-O-P yeah yeah but so to you, them it's one yeah because it's a real long letter LMNOP yeah because <laughs> they don't get it they do not get it at all but yeah repetition sight words just doing it randomly, even like picking a couple of words uh, like a week and saying, okay, well, these are the words we're going to do kind of like that. But it's frustrating. I don't know anybody that's like loves like that point in time when it's time to teach someone how to read. I just want to commend the homeschool parents um, who homeschool. Uh, big shout out to you because I couldn't do it. Yeah, you're the real MVP. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, okay. How do you tell your kids to handle bullies? <laughs> you want to go first or? Um, okay, so um, I... I'm going to go first <laughs> I'm going to go first And then I'm going to tell you where this question came from But I tell my kids to handle bullies By punching them in their damn face Like That's it Nothing more, nothing less My kids, if you come home And I'm hearing you're getting bullied You get one warning to handle it on your own And then I'm going to force your hand and you're going to either be fighting in school or fighting me at home. And that's just the end of that. Uh, now, with that being said, the kids have all taken boxing classes. They took MMA. Like, they'll do more. Like, they need to learn to defend themselves. And, I mean, that establishes confidence because I don't know too many people who get picked on and then that just never, like, it just stops. Like, at some point, you have to stand up for yourself. Um... So real short and plain answer, go punch somebody in the face and they'll stop. And if you get in trouble with the teacher, like we'll discuss that. Our middle daughter apparently punched some little boy in school like the second week of school. And I guess he kept tapping her on the shoulder and she asked him to stop and he kept doing it. So she she hauled off and for, luckily to him only punched him in his arm. And so the teacher gave her a bad mark on her uh behavior folder or whatever and when we had our parent teacher conference last week <laughs> she told us how amazing our daughter was and how nice a person she was and how good a soul and great and just loves learning and loves other people and it's so nice except for this one time <laughs> where she punched this little boy and I just shrugged my shoulders and you know I didn't feel the need to tell the teacher like oh well this is what it's gonna be blah blah but my daughter definitely knows she's not in trouble and I'm proud of her for doing it, so that's that. You want to preface where this question came from? You got it? So, um, Shaden, when Shaden was fourth, fifth grade, well, you know what? It was two instances, actually. Shaden was, was like, like third grade. He was, he was six. He was six because I was still pregnant with Kingston. I remember vividly. So he was like 
first grade, kindergarten, first grade. So I think it was first grade and the kid was in second grade. So um, we lived in Virginia and, you know, in kindergarten, you always have to pick your kid up at the bus. So I'm in the car. It's cold. I'm in the car. Um, and then I get out, you know, to, to make sure they know. Because at this point, I'm like big pregnant, like almost due pregnant. So um, so I get out and then this kid comes I see Shaden, he's walking towards me, and this kid comes behind him and puts him in a headlock. And I'm like running, my fat ass is running, wobbling, running over there. Man, it took everything inside me not to beat this kid. So I like grab him, grab him off of Shaden, and literally like grab his arm, and I'm walking him to the um, office of the apartment complex to try to, like, who, who, where does he live? Where's his parents? So he, nobody was home. They ended up having like a meetup, and this kid had been bullying Shaden, like for a while. I mean, at this point, Shaden's in kindergarten. Like this kid is in second grade. He's Shaden's not like he. I mean, he wasn't in a place to just like punch him in the face. This is his first instance in school. So anyway, that instant we um, we ended up. I ended up having a meeting at the apartment complex with the other mom, and I told her. She said, oh, her kid had gotten bullied. And I was like, well, now he's the bully. So I did. I told her, I said, the next time he puts his hand on Shaden, I was going to call the police. And um, after that, like, he was, Shaden said, he's my friend. And I had to tell Shaden, no, he's not your friend. So fast forward to about fourth or fifth grade. Again, Shaden came to D and said. Third grade. Third grade. Uh, that, like, this kid was calling him stupid, would, like, kind of push him, do all this stuff. And Shane's like, punch him in the face. And I'm like, well. No. And then. He's like, punch him in the face. So, needless to say, um, I got a phone call a couple days later that the guy said, uh, Shaden punched this kid in the jaw. And I was like, what? My Shaden? My sweet Shaden? So, he wasn't in trouble. We didn't have to pick him up. Apparently, this kid was a known bully. Um, and Shaden said he was in the bathroom and he was like washing his hands and the kid came up and called him stupid and was like pushing him. So, Shaden just turned around and like, Punched him square in his face, and the kid went down, and he started crying. And Shaden as well started crying, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Shaden probably cried longer than this kid." But from then on, he one didn't get bullied, and two that kid no longer like bullied him. I feel like bullies, bullies do bullies bully you until you, you can say that for yourself. You never really see bullies bullying other bullies, like. Like, it's like or somebody that's strong or popular. They don't get bullied. It's like the, it's really like who they think are weak and meek. Those are people that get bullied. So, I mean, you could still have, you could still keep your personality and nice and be like whatever. But at the same time, like in the end, you got to stand up for yourself and you got to teach your kid to stand up for themselves. Like bullies don't just go, whether it's something, whether you say, whether you do, like you're going to have to teach your kid how to like stand up to bullies because no matter what you do it's still gonna happen i mean and of course like sometimes like nowadays it's like horrible it's like more like kids are more violent sometimes so sometimes you have to do more than just you know tell them to defend themselves because there's so much more violence now so i mean if you have to i would def i would still definitely say if they're bullied you should still go to like administration because in the event your kid does like end up fighting this kid, at least you're like, I told you he was getting bullied. Like I told you this was happening and this is the result of no action. So at least there's something on the books that says it so your kid doesn't get in as much trouble. Um, but really like pay attention to your kids. Nowadays, um, kids have 
um, a harder, like, it's harder for them to, like, deal with things. So um, just pay attention to your kid and how they feel and talk to them and see what's going on in school. But definitely try to have them um, be able to, like, stand up for themselves. So I need to clear up some loose ends that Shayla just left there. Um, first being that the instance of Shaden getting bullied in summer camp, the kid was like kicking him. And I showed up and they were saying, oh, Shaden and this kid were kicking each other. And Shaden's like, well, he's always messing with me, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I told him, next time he puts his hands on you, you square off on him or whatever. Or me and you can throw hands. And I'm pretty sure you got a better chance fighting him than me. The next day, the kid called Shaden stupid in the bathroom and Shaden punched him in his face. And then we had to have a discussion where Shaden, I said, if he touches you, not if he calls you a name. Shaden didn't get suspended because he was leaving for the Junior Olympics in track that weekend. So they were like, oh, we're going to suspend him. But since he's leaving for like a week anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. Well, well, they didn't even call me to pick him up. They were just like, hey, I just want to let you know this happened. That was all. Right. So, um, Shaden, <laughs> moving, moving forward, Shaden still takes a lot of shit off of people, but eventually he snaps and tries to like fight people. That's another story for another day. I think the reason this question came from was uh, Bella's little friend. It wasn't about it wasn't oh. about her son. It was Bella's little friend that, your, that his mom told you he was getting bullied. But and I'd say she needs to put him in boxing or something. She's like, oh, we put him in taekwondo or karate <laughs> after school. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> put him in some real shit like jujitsu or boxing. Or and he's tiny. Krav-Maga. He's like he's like Katie's height. Yes, but so bully, bullies seek out their targets. No bully's gonna fight some kid that they that they feel like can fight back. So they they pick the meek little kids, like you said. They pick the kids who walk around and don't seem confident. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Teach your kids to fight early. Like when you know how to fight, you walk around with a different little like swagger to you than a kid who is hoping nobody messes with him. Uh, I think. You said today it's different, kids can't handle it well. It's like, this is interesting because I'm reading that book. I'm taking a long time to read it too, but Colin of the American Mind. And it's talking about how soft this generation is, this uh, iGen is. And hopefully one day I'll finish reading that and give it to you and you can read it and then we can discuss that. But, I mean, we're making the kids sensitive and we need to toughen them up. Although I do think cyberbullying is way worse than, like, regular bullying. Mm-hmm. A regular bully, like, you can punch him in the face, he leaves you alone. Like, you get cyberbullied. Like, a lot of that stuff doesn't go away. It's still in there forever. Like, More people get People all it. over the world can see it. And, like, you can go viral for getting bullied. Uh, that's why I try to keep kids away from social media in general. Um, but, I mean, you just have to build confidence in your kid and let them know what's going to happen in life and so they'll prepare for the situations but teach them to fight boxing jujitsu krav maga i'd stay stay away from karate or taekwondo <laughs> um you can roundhouse kick <laughs> bro anybody that fights, anybody who roundhouse tries a roundhouse in a fight like i'm gonna look at you off the rip if you're not asian and i'm not trying to like <laughs> Be offensive to anybody, but just a regular human being, roundhouse kicking, like, you look weird. <laughs> um, okay, next, last question. What's the difference between raising boys and girls? So, I think, um, I think there's a difference in different stages of development. I think, honestly, um, 
younger babies are babies. However, when 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 kids start moving, boys are off the chain. I mean, they like run and run and run and jump off stuff and fly and you know, like they are like crazy toddlers, like crazy. For the most part, like the majority are like this. Not all. This isn't like everyone. However, girls mainly are more calm, subdued. So when they're younger, they're kind of your mellow one. Like a lot of times people who have boys first are like, I don't know if I can do another kid. But if you have a girl first, they're like, yeah, let's do this. And then you have a boy and you're like, whoa, what was what the hell happened here? So I think... Um, Girls are more kind of like emotional but calm. Boys are like off the hook all over the place. Still somewhat emotional. But I think dealing with them when they're younger is just the amount of energy they have and how they outwardly display that is different with boys and girls. As they get older, I feel like boys mellow out. Like Shaden was also kind of a rambunctious, run around all over the place toddler. But as he got older, he's mellow. He's super chill. Like he's super quiet. Um... And Kingston as well. Kingston ran around like crazy. I mean, Kingston still got, you know, that in him, but he's more mellow. Bella was mellow. Um, Katie was mellow. They were like chill toddlers. They weren't, you know, running all over the place. I think girls are more difficult as they get older. Just with emotions, um, like emotions, hormones, kind of all that stuff, as well as like clothes and hair. And so I think it just, it just, it's just different. Like, we have to spank the boys, whereas the girls, you can kind of like talk to them and they, and get it like it comes across. So just even disciplining, I feel like boys versus girls was totally different. The first time I had to spank Bella was like, I don't know, a year or two ago, and she went ballistic. Like, I want daddy here. Daddy doesn't spank me. Why she, she is this happening? She played to your emotions. So, um, I mean, I still spanked her, but she went like a psycho, whereas Kingston's like, I eat those. You know, like Kingston... Kingston and Shaden just needed to be spanked more. It just seemed like because nothing else got through to them. Whereas the girls did not. Like, they'd have a little pop, but they didn't have to actually get spanked. Because, it. I mean, it's just the difference between them for me. I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. Like, raising boys younger, like in the toddler phase, your, your, boy, your son's going to wear you out. Your son's going to absolutely wear you out. Your daughter is going to have a lot of tea parties with you. Or you're going to play a lot with Barbie dolls or, like, baby dolls or whatever. More just sit-down group games. Boys are going to run all over the place. Um, so I think the raising them is just how you structure their social environment. Your boys need to be in sports as young as possible. And not that your daughters don't. Like, definitely put your daughters in sports because it builds their confidence. And long-term, like, them having confidence in themselves... And being part of a, a good social group is going to definitely help them when it starts getting time for puberty and all that. And them understanding their body and how they're growing and their, their, their place in whatever social dynamic they're, they're a part of. Uh, boys are going to drive you crazy on the front end. Girls on the back end. Hell, shit. Boys are going to drive you crazy through and through. Like, it's just, it, is, it is what it is. Because they go from... Like, girls just always seem more mature. Mm-hmm. Like, boys are more just rash decisions, and their brains are underdeveloped, and they're not going to stop to think about what they're doing, they're just going to do it. Um, and they can know, they can actually absolutely know what they should be doing, and they'll just 
do whatever they feel like doing anyway. So in that sense, daughters are easier to raise. But I think dealing with the emotions, and I mean, I have my first middle school daughter right now, and she's a preteen, and we're going to see what happens when this puberty starts kicking in, and we start getting to teenage years, and then we'll readdress this question at that point. <laughs> but I think as of right now, boys are harder to raise than daughters. Um, I think boys are just naturally more physical. Like, I'm going to hit, I'm going to touch, I'm going to push, I'm going to run into, like... Mm-hmm. And girls explore the world in a calmer, more cerebral manner. Mm-hmm. And... But, I mean, raising them, I think you still... They still need to do and experience the same things. Like, I'm not saying boys play sports and girls dance or play with dolls. Like, they still need to experience the same things. I don't necessarily want my sons playing with dolls. <laughs> But, I mean, you can get a little G.I. Joe action figure and she can have the Barbie doll. And But even Kingston, he's played with the girls before. Just yeah, he to, definitely you know, plays T-Parts and dolls, them. too. Like, I'm not... So, it's not... I don't think it's, like, feminine for boys to play with dolls. I'm just not going to buy them dolls. But if they play with them, like, I'm not tripping on that. We had a, a good friend's son was over and he played with the girls, like, toys, like, little girl toys. Like, I'm not tripping on that because, at the same time, they're playing basketball and football with him, like... Yeah. That's cool. Understand. I think like, it's good to have an overall. We don't put gender constructs to that limit, but as of right now, girls are easier to raise. Mm-hmm. What's your parent tip, Shayla? Let's wrap it up. Um, I probably should have wrote it down because I, I felt like Did I had to get it. Um, you I said, go, yeah, I'll let you go first Jeez. in case that. It, but either way, I have parent tips. I just had one, and um. I had a good one, so I forgot it. Now, <laughs> now I'm going to give you a crap backup that I Whatever. remember. Anyway, my parent tip, I was going back and forth between two, but after this conversation unfolded, um, my parent tip is to put your children into sports as early as possible. And by sports, um, I mean, tennis and golf are cool, but I'm, I mean a team sport. Put them in a team sport. That social dynamic will, is everything. One is going to teach them to compete. And that's literally like one of the most important things in life. Because you can say it's just a game or whatever, but you compete for jobs. You compete for college applications. You, complete, you compete for money. You compete for just like everything. Like everything in life is a competition. And if you don't foster that in your kids young, they're going to crack when it comes time to compete. If you if you set the path for them, like they're not gonna they're not gonna be successful long term, not as successful as they could be. So playing on team sports teaches them how to interact with other people. It teaches them how to be leaders, how to be good followers, who and when to follow, when to lead. Uh, teaches them the importance of hard work, attention to detail. Um, and for those of you that homeschool your kids, definitely put your kids into, like, gin pop with <laughs> with regular children. Don't make them weirdos. Yeah, with regular <laughs> children, and, like, they'll learn to work with others. Because, I mean, in this day and age, you obviously can't homeschool your kid, and then they can go to school online, and then they could have a job where they're computer programmers or something, and they never interact with the outside world. But they're just going to be weird. So, my tip is put them in sports. What you got, Shayla? What's your back? Okay, I don't remember what I was going to say. However, however, um, just piggybacking on the, our whole conversation today, um, like, 
don't shield, don't shield your kids from everything. Don't shield them from life. I mean, as far as when they're young, teach them the anatomically correct names for their body parts. Teach them like nobody should touch you. From when they're older to teach them like, hey, like like my situation. Ro was five, didn't understand, but we told her this is what's going on. Mommy's in the hospital. Mommy has cancer. This is what cancer is. Her little brain couldn't understand. At one point, Dee said she, I went to the bathroom and she laid in the bed like, mommy gonna die? Not even she understanding. Not even fully understanding what death means, like and how permanent it is. However, I don't feel like you should shelter your kids because at some point something really bad is going to happen, and they're not going to be able to understand or deal with that bad thing because they have been so sheltered. Like it's still the real world. At some point, they still have to live it, and at some point. Something they're not mentally prepared for may or may not happen. And at least if you're like honest with your kids and kind of talk to them, they'll be able to deal with that a little better. Okay. My parenting confession, and I'm going to hurry up because Shayla keeps looking at her watch. So she apparently has somewhere else to be. Um, my parenting confession is I want to be a stay-at-home dad. I've told Shayla that if she can find some way to make six figures, that I will quit my job and just stay at home and raise the kids and she won't have to worry about it anymore i think the house will run smoother i think we'll all be happier um i don't know about the i'll be happier part sometimes we like when when (laughs) no but long time you're You're saying you like it when i'm gone for 24 hours no you'll definitely actually be happier because you you could say that all that's how we work but here's no (laughs) so here's the thing if i was home all the time like, there'd be nothing. Like, the things that need to get done would get done. So, there'd be nothing to be upset about. Your house would be so clean. Well, why would, would I so have productive. my own time? Shut up. <laughs> so, 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 your whole thing is being home when I'm at work and the kids are at school. Like, that, that's what you're here for. Anyway, what is your parent confession? Okay. Um. Forgot that. <laughs> oh, I need a new co-host. <laughs> Um, my, shut up. I don't, I don't, I don't know what my parenting confession is. I don't know. You You know what? I don't know if it's like a really confession, but, um, gosh, I hate cooking. I absolutely like hate cooking. So I made sure that the kids have learned to do stuff on their own. Even like Ro can kind of make her own i hate mornings i hate cooking ro can make her own stuff for the most part bella knows how to make quesadillas kingston likes eggs so i would i felt like i'm making i was making him eggs from all the time and then i just taught him how to make them so my parenting confession is like little by little um uh like kind of having the becoming kids. obsolete Shut up. so so back to what i said no, if i, I was just a stay-at-home dad no everybody would be but like kids. i even told them kingston and bella hey pick a meal that i cook that you like and i'll teach you how to make it so one day so we, i don't have can, to make it i'll teach you how it. to make it so i no longer have but to also it. because i feel like they should learn how to cook so you don't have to i also that but so they should learn how I to said. cook anyway this is my parent confession I, i'm feeling so very judged right said. now not judged i'm just saying the rational thing is for you to figure out how to make a bunch of money so I can stay home. Um, I'm feeling really judged. Anyway, so this is supposed to be my confession. Go ahead. Your, your confession that you don't want to be a parent. Got it. What's Whatever. Your, uh, who's your favorite kid, bud? Okay. Um, so the first one, I think I might have first to. First one? Well, anyway. Okay. My, so Shaden. Shaden, who's having his first game today. Uh, little exhibition game. Hopefully he plays in college. Um, I feel like 
Gosh, I was nervous to let Shaden go. It was kind of like taking your kid to daycare for the first time or taking your kid to the um, school the first day or even like dropping your kid off at the fire station. That's what it felt like. However, like he has flourished and he has not needed me as much as I felt like he would need me. And that upset you. And he's, no, I'm like, I'm really proud and I feel like he has done so well in acclimating to one being on his own and I mean just living life like he hasn't he's doing great and he hasn't needed our assistance like I thought that he would I mean I I miss him but I'm very happy and very proud that he's I'll just keep it at one kid Um, I'll do the next one for the next one I'm very proud and very happy that he has flourished and he's becoming um, a young adult that is independent my favorite kid for this episode would be Queen's sister, a.k.a. our oldest daughter. Um, she was extremely nervous about going to middle school. Um, and our youngest son didn't help because he just would always say things to scare her more. And then when we went to orientation, he told her, oh, that's the, that's the worst teacher. Oh, you should have got this teacher. Oh, you got all the sucky teachers. Oh, you got all the mean teachers. Like, he's even to the point where, like, oh, you had this teacher. I hate this teacher. This teacher's the worst. And then when they went to class, teacher's like, I love you. How are you doing? How was your summer? Like, she loved him, but. He's like the asshole. He's, yeah, he's me. He's me. Um, but, man, she's, uh, I'll use Shayla's word, flourishing. She's doing amazing in school. Um, she's a bit of a teacher's pet, but she's, she's doing amazing in school, like, through and through. I think the difference between our youngest son and our oldest daughter is he wants the best grade. But for the most part, that's literally kind of all he cares about is having the best grades because he's just competitive. Um, but she wants to be the best student. She wants to be the class assistant. The, she wants all that stuff. So she's really flourishing in middle school and coming into her home and having a great year so far. Well, that was a long episode. And I don't have anything else. Anything you want to share, Shadow? Nope. Okay. Well, as always... Remember, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. We're just trying to help you sharpen the tools in your toolbox. And thank you for listening. It takes two. We're not perfect, but we're wholehearted. Till next time. Because I get stupid, I'm